0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Get Invested podcast from Gerber Kawasaki Wealth Management. Um, We are finally in 2021. And boy, did you think uh, 2020 was an interesting year? We're already off to uh, to an interesting start here. So um, on the podcast today, we have Ben Dunbar, and Brett Sifling. And um, we'll be talking about a few different things today. We're going to be talking about what's called the January effect and uh, how the market has typically performed better in January. I'll give you a little bit of update on what's been going on the past week. And then, you know, it is a new year. So, you know, we have to talk about those New Year's resolutions and uh, kind of ways to set yourself up for success financially with all that. Um, as always, we'll be talking a little bit about investments, and uh, you never want to be making investments just based on what you hear on this podcast alone. Always consult your advisor. And with that, um, want to go ahead and kick it off to to you, Brett. So you know it's been it's been about a week into January so far. Um, and there's there's probably unlimited amount of news to, to <laughs> talk about right now, but Um, What what's caught your eye? What's what's interested you the most?
1: Yes, twenty twenty one, we made it. Um, Although you know, obviously not off to as great of a start we as we expected. um, Except in crypto markets, Um, we've had a a huge run in in Bitcoin specifically, and and some of the altcoins as well. And um, I've been just obsessed with following um, you know the news of crypto over uh, a number of years, and it's it's finally. Um, coming back, and even though we did have a huge pullback this week, uh, it's probably the most interesting piece of news I've seen. Um, it, it crashed basically from from forty thousand to thirty thousand overnight, and it has rebounded, um, you know, pretty significantly, um, especially considering you know that Bitcoin was was only ten or fifteen thousand even just a few months ago. So
0: <laughs> yeah, it cr- it crashed to levels not seen as of a week ago. right? <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. And so um,
0: I want to I want to ask you, Brett. The amount of people, and I know we're not going deep into crypto today, and that's for another day, but to sim- people are talking about this time is different. Um, why is that? Why, why are so many people talking about this time is different versus the run up that we had? Um, I think it was like a year ago.
1: Yeah, so I think that the, the run-up a year ago was a lot of retail investors, actually. Um, you know, the, the first pump um, was, was really uh, the OG kind of crypto people. It was, it was people that were into technology. They were, you know, spending Bitcoins mostly on Silk Roads and, and for things that we, we won't kind of talk about on this podcast. Um, and then it became a little bit more mainstream back in you know 2013 during that pump. Uh, where we had a bunch of retail investors get in. And this time, it, it really seems like it's the first um, Bitcoin expansion that institutional investors are taking notice. Um, you have, you know, famous hedge fund managers that are taking positions in Bitcoins. You have um, governments around the world that are, are trying to regulate Bitcoin and accepting this as uh, um, of some monetary investment. And so it's, it's you know, it, to me, it's it's really becoming mainstream this time in the institutional world. And that's why I think it's a little bit different than all of the past run-ups.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely the institutional conversation has been very different. I remember Jamie Dimon uh, saying a year ago a lot of negative things about cryptocurrency. And now you've got uh, JP Morgan in general talking uh, a lot of positive a lot yeah. of positive things on the crypto space. A lot of
1: people are trying to get exposure, and you know we're even working on a, a solution here at GK that we should have, you know, up and running pretty pretty soon here. So if you guys do have any questions on crypto or, or Bitcoin or um, you know anything like that in general, please do reach out to us because um, you know we're we're definitely experts in those fields. But Ben, For let sure. me throw it back at you. What uh, what about yourself? Any any good news that you've seen?
0: Good good news is probably probably the wrong. Wrong word, Brett. Uh, but but news for sure. Um, look, I think what's really interesting right now they're they're obviously talking about trying to impeach Trump, invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment, and uh, you know just trying to get Trump out of office right now. And it's it's so weird that it feels like these next eight days are going to be the longest eight days uh, because you know think about how process oriented our government is to like do anything and how long it takes and think about how long it's taken to get stimulus bills passed and stuff like that it's just it's hilarious uh it's not hilarious but it's it's really interesting to see what's going on because like we're so close to this change of power and you know i i'm curious to see if if our government impeaches him before it happens it almost just feels like it's principle at this point with what's going on
1: yeah, it's. Uh, I'd be extremely impressed if they get it done in these eight days. But you know, when when there's a will, there's a way, and uh, a lot of people hate Trump uh, quite a bit, so I'm not surprised if they get it done. Yeah,
0: for sure. Well, um, well, Brett, why don't you uh, kick it off on on the January effect? So I, I we've heard this. People talk about it. Um, what What is the January effect?
1: yeah so if you guys have never heard of of what the january effect is it's not this you know mystical um thing that makes the markets you know rise during the month of january but it it return it refers to the returns in the month of january which are typically slightly higher than other months and this was really discovered by an investment banker uh sydney watchell back back in the day um in 1942 actually um and so analysts kind of consider this January effect less important over recent years of, of what I've come to learn. Um, and that's for a variety of reasons. Uh, one of them being a lot more people have used like tax sheltered retirement plans. Um, and so therefore there's there's not a lot of reason to sell in December and tax lost harvest for the most part. And so this historical trend has, has really been less pronounced in the recent years um, because the markets have seemed to adjust for it. But nonetheless, it's it's still there. And, you know, January has about an average gain of 1.8% in the first month of the year versus just 0.7% in other months. So what's super interesting is if you look at the data going back to like 1928, and we're talking about uh, the S&P 500 here, uh, it rose about 62% of the time in January. So about 56 out of the 91 times. However, if you zoom in on just like the past 30 years or the past 20 years, this advantage seems to disappear, where January only returns about 0.4% versus 0.6% in all the other months. So it's... Yeah,
0: that's it's funny about that, and you, you brought up on, on the January effect, the market starting to price that in and it being less prominent, and... That might have to do with, with what's the, what's called the Santa Claus rally now. And, Absolutely. you know, not only is January a favorable month, December is a favorable month. So maybe people buying in a bit more in, uh, in December, which we call that Santa Claus rally. So what's crazy is um, over the past 70 years, the S&Ps had a positive return during the last uh, five days of December and um, the first two days of the new year, 79% of the time. Like, Jeez. that's wild. Like that is, that is unbelievable and um, the, the s and increased by an average of 1.33% during the last five trading days of December and the first two of the new year and it's, it's one of those that we, we see it time and time again and it's, you know, I'm not, my, my friends call me, call me the Grinch when it comes to Christmas a lot of times, I'm, I'm, I'm not the big Christmas tree in the house kind of guy. But, uh, but you know, maybe Santa Claus is real. Maybe I've been, I've been doubting him the whole time because we, we've definitely seen it in the market in our lifetime, um, yes. the Santa Claus rally very real.
1: There's a variety of reasons, you know, besides Santa Claus, that, that people think that these two months are favorable though for the stock market. Um, some say that it really could be the holiday bonuses that are people people are getting at the end of the year and then investing the next month. It could be tax considerations, like we mentioned. Tax loss harvesting could cause some downward pressure on stocks in December, which is ultimately lifted near the end of the month or in January. Or the idea that just institutional investors are gone for the holidays and they're not as active in these markets so markets can move up a lot more on lighter than normal volume uh, which might have been you know a little bit harder during a, a normal month but at the end of the day the bottom line is that there's a general feeling of optimism and this optimism it you know provides confidence to invest and a lot of people are just optimistic at the beginning of the January, right We set our New year's resolutions we, we set goals for the, the rest of the year. so that's what I kind of wanted to get into next Ben is maybe talking about um, some goal settings and some ways that you're able to look at your financial picture and, and really get ahead for this next year.:
0: Definitely, definitely Brown. I'm glad glad you brought that up and and you know, first and foremost, financial goals are, financial and exercise are like the top two goals that people typically um, look for in starting the new year. And so, you know, there's the corny line, set smart goals, uh, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. And we're gonna focus on focus on the financial side, on, on things to think about as you're planning for these goals. And, and the first, first and foremost is, you know, starting your new year is take your 401k seriously, okay? A lot of people um, don't really think about how much they're contributing to the 401k um, don't th- don't think about their investments in their 401k necessarily and so you, you got to be thinking about both and on the investment side um, you know how are you allocated are you only in one fund are you only in the US do you have any exposure to international um, do you have bonds in your 401k um, there's There's a bunch of different options out there. And also there's a lot of times, a lot of funds in your 401k that may be a little bit more expensive than you realize. And so you want to make sure you have some good low cost options there. Um, And then uh, the big thing is looking at Roth versus traditional typical companies will default you into contributing to a traditional 401k. And looking at the demographics of our listeners, a lot are very young. And a lot of times the, The Roth makes sense um, for young people, and um, you know it it grows tax-free, so.
1: I think you made two well, really kind good of first... points there, Ben. Um, yeah. You know, one is is a lot of people have been you know underexposed to international for for a long time, and so it's definitely you know something that I think you know people should check up on this year as as well as the fees. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I go over clients' four hundred one ks and they're in funds that are you know charging one point two five or one point five percent or even more sometimes um, on these investments that they don't even they're not even aware of. So it's definitely something to to make yourself. Um, go through each position and kind of see what's going on.
0: Definitely, and and on the contribution side, a, a lot of people get their bonuses towards the beginning of the year. Um, you know, because of Corona, we are probably saving a lot of money. Um, it's that we've seen saving rates skyrocket, and so this may be the year where you decide to put a larger chunk of your bonus into your 401k. Uh, and you want to make sure you set up that contribution correctly. Um, you can put nineteen thousand five hundred total per year if you're under fifty in the four hundred one k. So uh, don't don't miss out on that opportunity. Um, yeah, so. and if
1: if you're not contributing the max yet, um, a simple strategy that I use, you know, to work your way up to the max is. Setting time limits on when you're going to increase the percentage of that salary deferral. So let's say, you know, maybe you're in your first years of your job, um, you know, you're you're maybe not making a ton at first, but you know, you still wanna save money and maybe you're only contributing three or 4% of your salary. Well, set a limit that every six months, you're gonna increase that by even just a half a percent or 1%. And what happens is over time, your financial situation becomes acclimated to that increase in savings. And you get used to living off of that net amount that actually hits your bank account. And you don't even realize that this money is being contributed to your 401k. It's a wonderful way uh, to increase your contributions over time uh, by just slowly acclimating yourself.
0: Yeah. And with that, You know it goes through there's a great book that came out this past year which we recommend everyone uh listen to it's called the psychology of money by morgan household and it, it you know there's a lot of different messages within that book but going along with what you're saying brett one of the best things about a 401k is it comes out of your paycheck so you don't actually see the money hit your bank account right we see this time and time again. If you wait till the end of the month to see how much you have left to save anything like that, you're going to end up having less to save. But uh, treating some of like treating retirement is easy because it comes directly from paycheck from your paycheck. But what you want to do is when you're starting to think about other savings goals is you want to start thinking about it as something you have to do. Just like you pay rent, just like you pay your mortgage, whatever it may be. You need to save for your future. And so, um, you know, set a savings goal this year, not just in your 401k, but set a savings goal and think about what it's for. Too many people will try to think like, Oh, I want my total amount of money to be this 12 months from now. But that's a bit challenging because the market, uh, the market sort of dictates what's going to happen if you've already built up some assets. So, so set a savings goal. Okay. Okay percentages are easy to work with as a starting point, or maybe it's a dollar amount. So you got money in your 401k, but our guess is you probably have other goals as well that you, that you want to achieve before you hit 60 years old. So think about what those, think about what those goals are and, um, you know, pay yourself first, uh, put that money away every single, every single month.
1: Yep, I think that that's, you hit the nail on the head with, with pay yourself first. I love saying that to clients because just like you're paying all your other bills, uh, your phone bill, your rent, your car payment, you you need to pay your savings. And that's just how I think about it. And it makes things um, just psychologically, you're, you're way more committed uh, to putting that money in your account if you treat it as a bill.
0: For sure, for sure. So so, Brett, what, what goals are... Are some of your clients and some of your friends starting to think about?
1: Sure. So I would say that the number one goal, um, by far, is is buying a home, um, and and that can be you know extremely difficult here in California too for for someone who's younger. Um, considering you know most places in LA um, are a million bucks if you you want to live in anything decent, um, and so you know saving up for that home down payment is is probably the number one goal. Uh, we urge you to try to get about 20% of that down payment, so, you know, trying to save up $200,000 um, can be difficult, but, you know, it is, it is achievable, um, especially with strategies like pay yourself first or dollar cost averaging and do investments, which we've talked about in, in the past. Um, but don't forget about other goals that may be more difficult to talk about. And you know, what I'm, in regards to this, I'm talking about maybe getting married, right? This might be a secret thing that you wanna handle personally, um, but loop in your financial advisor. It's, it's extremely important to your financial situation. Same thing with you know, having babies. Um, or even getting divorced too. So, you know, the more information that we have ultimately about your goals and what you're actually trying to achieve,
0: the better of a plan that we can, you know, put together for you. It's funny you said that. And and uh, I'll give a shout out to to my buddy, Alex and Neil. Uh, Alex is, is a great friend of mine who referred me to to a good buddy. And, and basically, I found out that he, uh, he was getting married before Alex did, and it just killed him. But um, it, it, it makes me laugh when we're thinking about things like that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's every sort of, every sort of big life move has some financial element to it. Um, and so, you know, it's important when you're thinking about your goals to, to, you know, kind of focus on not just like the goal itself and, and like the big picture view of it, but kind of hammer it down as far as what it takes and kind of like designing your plan in a way, uh, that gets you there. Um, yeah. and, you know, in life, you're going to have so many of these different goals and life's going to change, but kind of figuring out if your trajectory and like what you're doing is building the foundation to get you there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything that you, you know, kind of encourage people to do to change that trajectory or, or what exactly needs to change?
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different books out there. Uh, and, uh, I'm currently reading a book called "Designing Your Life." Uh, I can't remember uh, what the writer's name or what the author's name is offhand, but I, I think we're going through an interesting time in that our parents and and we see this with with clients we work with. Our parents kind of had this, uh, in general: hey, you know, get a job, get married, have kit buy a house, have kids, retire, and. Work, life, relationships are, are very different and we're living a uh, substantially longer time than we were 60, 70 years ago. And so kind of thinking about uh, goals, not just from a one-year standpoint, but thinking about goals from like a one-year, a three-year, five-year, 10-year, and just looking a little bit further out so then you can kind of keep the big picture in mind. And I, I fall subject to, I put my head down and then a year later, it's 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 all like, oh, I, I maybe reached some of these goals that were year out, but what happened to the longer term stuff I was thinking about?
1: You can also, you know, don't forget about personal goals. I mean, we talked a lot about, you know, financial goals here. Um, They don't have to always be financial or or business related. And I I catch myself doing this just personally because that's how kind of I'm wired. But, you know, set some other goals outside of finance, Uh, whether it's, you know, your health or or relationships that you do have in your life or or giving back or organizations you want to be a part of or spend your time. Um, you know, time at the end of the day is, is the most valuable asset that we have, especially as young people. Time beats money even. Um, so, you know, make sure that you have personal goals, professional goals. Make sure that you have smart goals that are specific, again, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. Um, I know that sounds a little cheesy, but it's 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 actually um, a great framework to, to go about. Um, and so, you know, goals are, are at the end of the day, it's it's what's going to push you. Um, And it's going to allow you to to achieve things greater than you ever thought possible. So uh, anything you want to end on that, Ben?
0: My one thing to add on to that is thinking think about the people that are close to you and who's pushing you to achieve those goals there. There's a great line that is you are the average of your friends. And so you want to look at the people closest around you and uh, make sure those people people are challenging you when you're setting these goals and holding you accountable. So um with that Brett why don't, why don't you cl- close out? Yep
1: so if you guys uh, aren't following us on social media we put out a ton of content on Twitter um, I'm at B Sifling trades at Ben Dunbar GK uh, we're constantly posting information we also send out newsletters every single week so if you guys want to you know be a part of that or start the conversation about financial planning in general um, please do reach out via email it's either Ben or Brett at Gerber com and then last thing I wanted to touch on was uh, our YouTube page we've been doing a ton of webinars uh, different content on on you know whether it's setting goals or uh, impact investing or ESG investing there's there's tons of great content on our YouTube page. So make sure you guys are following us, um, liking all of our posts so you can stay connected. Um, Let us know if you have any questions. Feel free to email us anytime and we'll see you guys next week.